In the regular world, Halloween is when children dress up in costumes and beg for candy. In girl world, Halloween is the one night a year when a girl can dress like a total slut and no other girls can say anything about it. The hardcore girls just wear lingerie and some form of animal ears. Doesn't she look great, honey? <sighs> what are you? I'm a mouse. Duh. My name is Christopher Maverick, and you can call me Mav, and I am here once again with Wayne Wise. Hey, Wayne. Hey, you can call me Wayne. <laughs> and Palindrome Hannah Rogers. Hey, Hannah. Hey. Hey, Palindrome Hannah. You can just call me Hannah. Yeah, I, I told you, that's your nickname from now on. That's no, matter, no. no matter which way we you say said it. it. <laughs> so, today's show is based very much on something that Wayne's been hinting at for the last four <laughs> or five weeks. Which, which wasn't the plan of me hinting at it. I was just being ridiculous. Uh. <laughs> so ever since, I don't know, maybe since the Disney show? At, at least, yeah. Yeah, at some point, Wayne's been talking about how every show he's been wearing his sexy whatever outfit. He's been a sexy Disney princess. He was a sexy semiotician. Um, I think that was last week. I'm going to lose track. Uh, what else have you done? Sexy Muppet? Yeah, we were sexy Muppet. <laughs> sexy Snuffleupagus. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> no one, no one believed it. <laughs> Stuff all because it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but based on that concept, we were talking about how there's a phenomenon that happens in the news every year for at least as long as I've been teaching, if not longer, and that is the question that people complained that, well, Halloween costumes, particularly for women, are getting sexier and sexier every year. And the main thing that they're complaining about is there's no other options. That's one complaint. And the other is, and it's just an excuse for everybody to be slutty. And, you know, then there's the comments about the movie Mean Girls and about, oh, Halloween's the one time where a girl can dress like a total slut and nobody can say anything. And it becomes a big question about slut shaming, but also a question about female empowerment, but also a question about the male gaze. And, you know, <laughs> question there's about so many... Of, of making yeah, appropriateness. How many layers yeah, are there? Too many layers. <laughs> if, if there are too many layers, it won't be sexy enough. <laughs> well, that's it. That's, see, I was literally about to make that joke, and then you started talking. <laughs> like, uh, okay, you can have that one. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about that as a concept. And even though it's not like, well, I mean, I guess there's the movie Mean Girls, but it's not necessarily a pop culture text like Mean Girls or something that we're talking about in specific, but certainly a pop culture concept. And so we wanted to talk about it on this show. And <laughs> I am way too old to dress up for Halloween. And that stops me not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I I usually do something every year. At some point, yeah. I will I will plug the. I mean, people won't hear this until after. But the the giant Halloween party that I I am part of every year, and which gives me an excuse yeah. to dress up like an idiot. I'm sorry, yeah. but is there an age limit for dressing up for Halloween? Not as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we were, I, I was. 
just as a side note, uh, somebody forwarded me an article the other day about some, I'll have to find it. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. If not, maybe I'll edit this part out. <laughs> but there was an article about some town that has issued an ordinance where you're not allowed to trick or treat if you're over the age of 12. I and read I that. Like, yeah. What the hell? Places not to move to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the point I was going to make about being too old is we want to have one person who is at least kind of young. So we have, for the first time, sort of the second time, we've invited um, one of my former students, Brooklyn, is on the show today with us. Hey, Brooklyn. Hello. Hi, Brooklyn. Welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah. Hopefully my computer doesn't give up on me again. Right. You were <laughs> supposed to be on the show once before. Yeah. <laughs> she was going to be on our music episode and then we had technical difficulties right as we started recording and she couldn't be on. So. Mm-hmm. so you're here this time. Yes, I am. And I am the biggest Halloween nerd ever. So this is just relevant <laughs> for a whole bunch of reasons. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> As am I. I know Wayne is. Hannah, how yeah. do you feel about Halloween? Uh, so I was not allowed to celebrate Halloween as a kid because religious stuff. So I now celebrate Halloween as much as I possibly can to make up for all the lost time. Great. So everyone here is pro Halloween. Wayne, you, you might as well at least tell them the concept. You know, what is Everline? Uh, I, I have friends in Everline Street here in Pittsburgh. It's in the friendship section of Pittsburgh. Uh, for those of you outside of the city, that means nothing. But it's a place. Trust us. It's a place. It's a house. <laughs> 20 plus years ago, a friend of mine bought a house, big house. And like you do when you buy a house, you invite your friends over for a Halloween party. And in 1993, 1992, somewhere in there, there were 30 of us in a keg of beer and costumes and it was fun. And then he did it the next year and the next year and the next year. And it grew and it grew and it grew. Uh, Every year there's a theme, decorate the entire house, the giant backyard. We put up a giant circus tent over the backyard to enclose the place. Bands play. There are DJs. We built a roller coaster in the backyard in 2008. Yes, there's a roller coaster yes. at this par- house party. Yeah, it, it might It might not I'm be. I'm kind awkward. of offended. I'm only getting invited now. Yeah. The, the roller coaster might not be running this year. We had an incident this summer. I, we joke that we'd had like 20 death-free years on the roller coaster, and this summer we almost broke broke that record, uh, which just, it was a really horribly frightening incident. No one was hurt. Well, there were some scratches and, and cuts, but no one was seriously hurt, but it could have been horrible. That's how I go. That's how I go. <laughs> yeah, the roller coaster might be just decorative this year. Uh, in 2008, we were written up in Spin Magazine as one of the best Halloween parties in the country. Over the years, he started selling tickets, uh, not cheap tickets, and... I think our record, just counting people who work there and help out, our record one year through the clicker at the door was a little over 700 people who came through that house and backyard one night. It's it's pretty crazy. It's this weekend. It's Saturday night. Uh, Planet of the Apes theme this year. Um, and just due to schedule conflicts and a number of other issues, I'm not going to be able to participate as much as I have in previous years. I will still be there for at least part of it. So that's my plug this week. For those of you listening to this episode now, you missed it. <laughs> it was last year. The time travel of podcasting. It was two or three days in ago. our future in your past yeah. three days Wait, ago. how much are tickets <laughs> i you know i don't know what they're they're charging this year it has been 40 or 50 bucks uh all you can yeah. drink um there's usually he has a hot dog stand in the back um mm-hmm. all you can drink until the drinks run out and they rarely do um 
it's a large house, but it is small enough that it is still a residence. Yeah. And so you're talking about seven or it, it's hard to move. It, yeah. It's really difficult it is, to move. And, it, there, yeah. and there is that, you know, not to make the whole show about the Eveline, but you know, over the years, when it started out, it was a group of us in our twenties, early thirties, friends having a party for friends so we could drink and meet people and get laid. And now we're all in our fifties. So we're doing this huge party. So people in their twenties can drink and meet people and get laid. So it's lost a little bit of its mm. charm for the older ones here. <laughs> So, uh, okay, I'm in my 20s. I don't know what you're talking about. I find it, I find it charming. <laughs> so, I am the right age to hear but, about this. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's packed. It's a lot of fun if you enjoy mm-hmm. really big crowds of people in, in costume. Uh, and then we do. Mm-hmm. We really go all out with the decorations. I mean, it's... Right. But traversing the backyard can take yeah, you an you, hour because you, it is just shoulder to shoulder people. You were there the Coney Island year, which is one of my favorites. And we actually had game, mm-hmm. we had built game booths in the backyard mm-hmm. with working games, which was great. It ate up a lot of space. <laughs> right. So that year in particular was crazy crowded. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's a great party. It's packed. Yeah. But so anyway, anyway, we still, the point being, we love Halloween. Yes. <laughs> Halloween's been my favorite holiday since I was a child. It's my mother's favorite holiday. I didn't have a store bought Halloween costume. Oh, I mean, until my 20s or 30s, I don't think. Um, the idea of just sort of buying costume parts. That was foreign to me. I, I learned that as an adult. Like, like when you're a kid, you've got those costumes where I'm Spider-Man. And by that, I'm wearing a plastic suit with a picture of Spider-Man on it yeah. and a Spider-Man mask. And I never understood those costumes. Yeah. I hated those as a I, child. I have a, Every time I saw somebody yeah, wearing that. I have a short cartoon piece I, I drew about my experiences in first grade wanting to be the Flash and buying the mask, but hating the costume that came with it because the Flash doesn't wear a picture of himself on his chest. Yes, I hate that. So, yep. Me too. They're and they're better now. I think in, in 2018, even like the store bought costumes, you yeah, know, they've got yeah. like the fake muscles and stuff. In the right. room, so, you know. And they actually look but like costumes, yeah. Ish. It's just ish. the names yeah. that suck now because they're instead of Flash, it's like Speedy Red Man from superhero <laughs> stuff. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. There are the official yeah. licensed ones, but yes, there there are all the knockoffs, you know. <laughs> Speedy Red Man. I used to buy alcohol off of him in an alley. eh? (laughs) Alcohol, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. You can't see us, but, you know, quote marks around alcohol from Speedy Red Man. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to use that name someplace. I I can't believe that store belt costumes cost like $50. They don't look that great. And it's, I mean, some are cheaper. But yeah. like fifty dollars, mm-hmm. I can put to get like put together a costume. Not, I'm not a seamstress like Katya, uh, but you know, you can buy like random parts and like get creative. Yeah, a little bit of creativity. Like, yeah, yep. I'm not trying to pay forty nine ninety nine for Speedy Redman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Speedy Redman aside. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a new we have a new show avatar a, 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 a new show mascot one of us needs to draw up the costume of speedy red man to be our show mascot oh, speedy red man speedy red man and his sidekick which so here here's your segue his sidekick sexy speedy red man girl yes yes yeah, all she wears is a bra and a mini skirt fantastic <laughs> and that was our actual topic we did it right there. 
Yeah, we got there. Um, for the intro to freshman comp class that I sometimes teach, I'm not teaching it right now. There is, uh, there is one unit where we're supposed to sort of teach students to do evaluative arguments. And the very first time I taught it, it just so happened that I was starting that around this time of year, like right around Halloween. So I was looking for, you know, what are things you could debate that were in the news? And that's when that particular year, there were just a lot of articles about Halloween costumes are getting too sexy, especially for young girls. And I thought, well, it's a freshman class, so they're all 18. And I thought, well, this is a great thing to debate. Are costumes getting too sexy? Is it appropriate for an 18 year old woman because you're i mean you're technically an adult you're not a girl to wear costumes that are essentially sexy insert job or character here a sexy pizza came out that year or something like that <laughs> and it's like why is <laughs> on the call for comments on the on the blog www.voxpodcast.com please subscribe to our blog got the plug in early i actually linked to the christian shaw comedy bit on the daily show where she talks about sexy pizza and how ridiculous it is. And she suggests her own costume line, which included sexy vagina as a, <laughs> as a possible thing that you could dress as. So, <laughs> it was interesting. Um, but the question became one of a, why are all Halloween costumes sexy? Cause, and I don't know that they are, but there certainly are many options. And I think particularly if you are between the ages of 16, 17 ish and 30 ish and female, the pre-made costumes that are available to you, there are less and less options other than sexy insert something here. Mm -hmm. So why is that? Well, you know, as as I was thinking about this topic, I realized that, you know, we, we say the word sexy, but like, what do we mean by that? Really? Like, are we just saying it's it's basically just like, you know, lingerie or something like that, like the mean girls kind of stereotype? Or is it the male gaze, like, look at me aspect of a costume? Because mm -hmm. if we, if we go back to Laura Mulvey's original essay on the male gaze. As linked in the show notes. As I as I as I feel like I do, like half the time I'm on the show. Um it, it comes up pretty much every what, episode. So yeah. what what she what she uses in the media as like prime examples of the male gaze are Hitchcock movies, particularly Rear Window and Vertigo. And if you look at what Grace Kelly, for instance, is wearing in Rear Window, it's it's not particularly revealing. It might be seen as sexy because she is being looked at in a voyeuristic way by the camera and Jeffrey is the main character who's looking at her, but, and, and of course the viewer, but it's, it's not, you know, the, you know, bra and like skirt schoolgirl thing that I think some people. No, she's in evening gowns pretty frequently in that film yeah. actually. Well, yeah, but like not everything, like she's wearing, like she models yeah. like long dresses yeah, no, yeah. no, that's I mean not laundry. I mean evening. She's going out. Yeah. She's a socialite. Yeah. Oh, so she's oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't. My brain is dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm off. I'm off my theraflu. So I actually am going to remember what I said. <laughs> you know, if you need, there's a guy I know named Speedy Redman who can hook you up. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. What what is sexy? I think that's a really interesting point because like whenever I was younger, I have a concrete memory of being like, I think I was six years old and I wanted to be a cat 
for Halloween, but I had it in my brain because I was a 16 year or a six year old growing up in the early 2000s that I couldn't just be a cat. I somehow had to be attractive. So I like peer pressured my grandparents into buying me this skin tight outfit. And I like didn't want to wear it unless it was like a certain print color because I knew what was perceived to be attractive. And the fact that a six year old human was concerned about looking sexy question mark like that's a red flag and i and it's not like it was you know obnoxiously tight and it's not like i took a an adult costume or even like a a teenage costume and wore it as a young child but it definitely reflected the male gaze way more than a six-year-old costumes mm-hmm. ever should. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that in terms of sexy, like, and, and in terms of the male gaze, I think they have a tendency to intertwine a little too much in terms of when we talk about Halloween costumes. Because there's not a lot of times that it's like, yeah, this costume is going to be sexy for a woman to wear because this is how she feels sexy. It's how this is she'll per- be perceived as sexy. Were those real words? Did that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. I, I, I should point out that I, again, I said Brooklyn's a former student of mine. The way I know her is I teach a class called Sex, Violence, and Comics. Uh, it's the one that I'm teaching again right now. And she was in it the last time I taught it. Um, so we are literally in class right now. We are discussing the ways in which... Um, in which the male gaze works with uh, if you're if you're a comic book fan, which you very well might be if you listen to this show because it comes <laughs> up a lot. Um, we're talking about '90s bad girl comics. Uh, Brooklyn will remember when we did that her version of the class, and yeah, so we so we are very much talking about how you know, how that occurs, and one of the issues that that. Um, that the students are coming to realize. And this is actually something I want to talk about. I'm, I'm giving a talk at Mount Aloysius college, the, the, um, for their comic book convention in two weeks. That's something you could actually go to. That's the college that Danny Anderson, who's been on this show teaches at. one of the concepts that we're looking at is when we talk about male gaze, when we talk about sexiness for female costumes, it is very hard to separate the idea of sexy from the idea of feminine. We sort of, in many ways, code feminine as sexy, no matter what it is. So not just form fitting, but anything that makes it clear that the wearer is a girl or a woman. In some way, we sort of, uh, the technical term would be, we fetishize it, we eroticize it because we view the female body as a sexual form problematically. Mm-hmm. But because we are sort of inclined to do that, uh, you know, the hourglass shape is supposed to be sexy. The So the second you have a character that's in a form fitting costume, if it becomes evident that the wearer, you know, fits the visual form of you know, what we call sexy, the hourglass figure, then that becomes a sexy costume. And then you add to that anything that exposes skin. So short skirts, low cut tops, anything like that. I think a great example is one that you have in your, in your post. And that's the sassy Minnie Mouse costume. <laughs> I, 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 I like these. That was kind of choice. Sassy yeah. Oh, yeah. As, I, as, oh yeah. I did find that, didn't I? Good call because yeah. you see that and like, is she, you know, 77% naked and laying on the ground upside down. No, but 
that's why they use sassy instead of sexy to kind of play a, play around that rule of sexy means naked, but they still have that implication of this is a fetish. Um, and that implication mm-hmm. is made very clear at the fact that it's a mouse costume and it's like tight as all get out and a big floofy skirt to, you know, overemphasize the hips and, you know, the Mickey Mouse costume never looks like that. It's like a dude in like oversized baggy shorts and like suspenders, maybe. Like that's <laughs> the difference. And there's nothing wrong you, with a you, woman you wanting to wear that. I mean, if he if he's trying to be sassy, like we can talk about it, but I don't think that's what he's going for. <laughs> um, but um, like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a Minnie Mouse in an hourglass shaped dress with a cute little button nose. It's just the fact that <laughs> that's kind of your only option once you hit the age of six. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm looking at it and is it I don't I mean, I'm, and I'm not sure. So with two women on the panel, I, I just pulled up the image. I'm not even sure it's all that tight so much as. You know, the the person wearing it in the picture is a professional model. That's true. So she's going to she's going to look a certain way. But I don't think Brooklyn's wrong. I think that you look at it and I mean, and again, she's a professional model. They chose her for this image because you look sexy in this dress. I bet you we can sell more of these. <laughs> and that's it. But she's but the the dress doesn't show, you know, the 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 neckline's not particularly low. She's got uh, she's got stockings on the comes down, not quite to knee, but it's, you know, past mid thigh. And um, it's it's a dress that you could. I mean, it'd be silly because it's because it's clearly Minnie Mouse inspired, but it's a dress that realistically without the mouse ears, you could wear pretty yeah, much any time. You can go Disney bounding in that and they're not going to kick you out of the parks, mm-hmm. um, but it's still shaped <laughs> to be aesthetically pleasing to people who want women to look a certain type of way. That's what I find interesting is men can like be the inflatable T-Rex for every single year of their life. Um, But unless women are somehow the shape of an hourglass, people are like, what's wrong with her? Why doesn't she want to look pretty? Well, I, I was sitting here in my sexy inflatable T Rex costume, <laughs> just, and uh, thank God, wanted to, wanted to save that, wanted to save that as a surprise. But uh, <laughs> you know, if, if we ever start doing this show in video, <laughs> it's going to be a trip. No, I, I think that's an excellent point. So, uh, one of the points that I made is if you are male. There's sexy cop costume. There's sexy UPS delivery guy costume. There are sexy boy costumes that you can go out and buy. However, most of them, unless you actually do look like a male model, most of them end up being played for laughs in a way that I don't think happens with women's costumes. And okay, minor spoilers for the film Halloween, the 2018 version, which came out last week, which I went to go see. And they they go to a Halloween party in that. And there's a couple in the film that goes as Bonnie and Clyde. But the joke, and it's supposed to be a surprise, except for you see it coming a mile away. They're like, we're going to go to Bonnie and Clyde, but we're mixing it up. 
but I, I don't want to tell you too much. And then they go and he's Bonnie and she's Clyde. It, 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 it's so obvious that that's what they're going to do. Yeah. How else are you going to mix it up? He and looks like. <laughs> right. I mean, it's <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. So he goes in a, a sweater and a skirt and, you know, the, the mole hat. And then she's got on a suit and a fedora and they're Bonnie and Clyde. And, you know, he, he looks like he's cross-dressing as a joke to make it funny. And she, she looks like Alicia Silverstone in an Aerosmith video. <laughs> she does not look humorous in male drag the way that he looks in female drag. And, and that's what Mulvey says is impossible in her male gaze article. She says that we cannot help but sexualize the female form no matter what. And that's one of the things that Another makes it problematic. Another thing that, if I can just like interject this real quick, that I think is very strange with the men and their sexy costumes thing um, is the same thing that you see in right before the bad girls phase and in the bad girls phase of comics, which is the only guys mm -hmm. that are sexy are the ones that are e either the big time heroes or the ones that are somehow LGBTQ. Like yeah. sexy male costumes are targeted towards the LGBTQ community because for some reason, straight men can't yes. be taken seriously when they want to feel confident. Damn it. <laughs> you invited me here. What? Didn't, I didn't, I just didn't know no one takes me seriously. Uh, so, uh, oh, come on. You, you, you've no, certainly, uh, uh, I certainly point out. suspected that. I, <laughs> I thought everyone just thought I was really hot. This is uh, this is completely <laughs> fucking up my entire worldview. <laughs> um, the year that Brooklyn was in my class, I invited people to. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was you. You might have been the person who asked, "Can we dress up for Halloween?" And um, so for Halloween, I said, "I said sure." And uh, she dressed up. Ayana, who's been on the show before, dressed up, and they both dressed as Harley Quinn, as did I. Yeah, and that was my year of being of playing gender bent Harley pictures Quinn on my Facebook, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hot, damn it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, but anyway, there there was sort of a humorous aspect to it. There, you know, the joke the joke of it is that I was Harley Quinn, as opposed to Brooklyn, who just was Harley. It you know it becomes funny when I do it, but I think that you know certainly you know if you look at the sexy male costumes, which are mostly male lingerie, like you know, hey, I'm going to wear a pair of boxer briefs and a vest that says police. <laughs> That's the one that I put on the, the web page. That costume works because the guy wearing it is like 2% body fat. <laughs> that, that's, right. the, you know, and again, I think there is, there is sort of a homoeroticized look to it as Brooklyn was saying. And well, to go kind of back to your story about dressing up for Halloween with your class comedically, you know, like there's, there's also, mm -hmm. I mean, just in general politics about what women wear, in their daily lives period, especially in academia, where if you know anything about teacher evaluations, uh, they yes. are generally just sexist and racist um, and biased. And one of the things that mm -hmm. women encounter in general, and luckily I, I have not encountered this, but I've heard horror stories is comments about what, you know, they wear whenever they teach. And I actually mm -hmm. got into an argument uh, with one of my colleagues last year when I was teaching on Halloween and I had my Kesha costume um, from the Halloween party the weekend before. Um, 
And my colleague said, oh, you should like wear that and teach in it. And I said, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a, a very you know, young female instructor. I'm not going to like open up an opportunity for them to like comment on my clothes or see me as anything less than professional because I, in particular, because I'm so close, particularly in how I look and age to the students I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So like, you know, there's, there's always that concern and I could not play my Kesha costume off for laughs. Also, is it bad form to reuse a costume two years in a row? Cause I might just reuse my costume. <laughs> I haven't reused a costume, but I've been a Harley Quinn about six times and I've been a cat <laughs> around like eight and I'm only 21. So there's not a lot of options in there. <laughs> I don't think it's bad form. I don't do it because I just love Halloween. When I have a Halloween party at my house, Wayne has, you've been to my Halloween parties before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is not unreasonable for me to change costumes four or five times in the night because I, I like Halloween a lot. So, so I might have multiple outfits. So I think I'm a bad person to ask that question to. <laughs> I do know people who have worn, who've worn the same costume every year. I think it's fine. Yeah, I'm on the job market this year, so I haven't had time to pull anything together. Plus, I really like my Kesha costume. <laughs> Just so everyone on the internet knows. I'm putting together a costume, but I had to order a couple pieces and I waited till too late because I've been in dissertation hell. So yeah, I, I'm I'm I don't have a whole lot planned for for this party this weekend either. I just I time has gotten away from me, and I yeah, this is like the least thought I've put into uh, well, it. I've ever. got things being delivered tomorrow uh, in theory. So long as everything works out, I do have a Halloween costume, but it's a secret. Fingers crossed. So we have issues of how the costumes are perceived. There's certainly a question of of no better way to say it of slut shaming. Even you know, despite what what Katie says in Mean Girls, you cannot forget there's 364 other days in the year and there is a memory of if 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 hannah teaches as kesha then suddenly there's a question of why was she wearing that that day to the extent that anybody cared that i was and i wasn't sexy harley quinn i was actually i was male harley quinn the only thing female about me was i had pigtails that day i put my hair in pigtails because the character does but other than that i mean i had i had a i I made a male version of the costume. I had a tie. I had the, you know, the dual tone pants and shirt. And, you know, I was Harley Quinn, but I, I guess I'll, I'll put the picture on the blog. I was going to say, I with, just um, screenshotted but, it on my cell phone. So if anybody <laughs> needs that, I got it right now. I've got it. I'll, I'll put it on the blog in the show notes. Um, you can see uh, me with Brooklyn and, and Ayana, who, again, has been on the show before. But I wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't particularly sexy. It was appropriate. Whereas because any female costume is going to be viewed as sexy, whatever, then we could talk and maybe there are other options. But that's always going to reflect back on the wearer. So a woman who goes to a party, who teaches, who goes to work dressed in anything that's even remotely in that range is inviting the male gaze. She's inviting the, and it's not that she should be, but she is taking the risk. She is inviting the risk that she is going to be seen in a particular light, which is kind of problematic. Unless she's in the inflatable T-Rex costume, not the sexy version, obviously. Then yeah, like she's, there's no room for women to be anything but over-sexualized or seen as not embracing their femininity 
there's no in between. There's mm-hmm. no gray zone, at mm-hmm. least with costumes. With regular dress wear, that gray zone has just started to kind of pop in. It like hopped in in the 90s and has <laughs> this <laughs> happened since. But in terms of costumes, you're either a joke, basically, um, <laughs> a dude, or sexy. Like that's that's yeah. about it. And mm-hmm. for some women, yes, they absolutely want to embrace their sexuality. They want to feel confident. They want to look absolutely banging. I'm all about that. But for some women, they're just not about it. But that doesn't mean that they want to be looked at as a joke. Mm-hmm. And that they haven't mm-hmm. been allowed to have that space. And I'm not sure like how to even approach that because it's almost impossible to not dress either completely for or completely against the male gaze when costuming. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this out there because I was thinking of costumes I've, I've seen over the last few years. And I think there, there are some franchises like the Harry Potter costumes, the, the robes and, and whatever you, you can dress like Hermione without being sexy Hermione. You're right. Absolutely. So, so that that's a case where that has taken some of that away. Not that all of those characters haven't been sexualized on the internet to some degree or another, because um, <laughs> it's the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the sexy versions of those costumes are out there. You know, the the sexy Hagrid costume. Uh, ooh, that's what I'm doing. This. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but but I think it's possible. You know that that's a case where here's this thing that this generation has grown up with these images and these characters, and there's a certain empowerment in it. And you can all just put on a robe and a wand and go. And there's a certain equality to that costume, you know, across the the student population of Hogwarts. But I, that, I will say some. That, that's the some only exception like I can think of. Culture medias, even like uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things, you can dress up as number eleven without being yeah. like ridiculously sexualized like it kind of starts to when you cross over into cosplay yeah i feel like you start to have a little bit more leeway especially if you stay away from like name brand costumes and right. all that mess yeah i i was in I, yeah I was, i'm sorry i was in one of those those spirit halloween stores this past weekend and and i saw an 11 costume you know for an adult and it was it was just straight up it was the costume there was you look at the photo on the the bag and that it came in and it didn't have the oh here's 11 but she's got thigh highs and a short skirt you know it was just it was the outfit um <laughs> so but like at the same time, like, so, you know, Star Wars, the new trilogy has purposely stepped away from making Rey a sexualized character at all, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, the, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher and Daisy Ridley have talked about, like, the politics of, like, female characters in Star Wars is costumes, like, in interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley, uh, Carrie Fisher said, should you know, try and maintain control of her costume because of the slave Leia stuff. Um, in particular that happened to Carrie Fisher, but you know, the, the Halloween costumes for Ray aren't particularly sexy either, like Hermione or 11, but at the same time, it's that because it's a costume and you're a woman, it's that looked at thing. Yeah. And the, the thing we talked about in the She-Ra episode is that like, she's not necessarily like, 
being drawn as particularly sexy, but the internet exists and people mm-hmm. are looking. So it gets sexualized anyway, despite yeah. the intent yeah. of the artist in that case or the wearer in this case. Cause you know, I I've, I've like worn Hermione costumes before. And I mean, they came from things that were in my wardrobe and were not particularly <laughs> sexy, but I still was inviting people to look at me and be mm-hmm. like, Oh, Hey, I am Hermione. Yeah. Um, well, and, and there, there so. is just that, that whole male gaze or in the case of a Halloween party, you know, the dude gaze of just, it's sexualized simply because <laughs> you're a woman in a costume. <laughs> that that's all it takes for, for the dude bros mm-hmm. to, to sexualize it, you know? <laughs> I mean, dude bros will sexualize well, a woman in a blow-up T-Rex costume. Right, that's yeah, why they're dude bros. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. You know, we keep using the term, which we, by the way, we're borrowing from the Maldi article, which I will also link, of to be looked atness. To be looked atness is what Malvi says creates the male gaze, the idea that the woman is there to be looked at. However, when wearing a costume at all, and this is true on Halloween and it's true in the cosplay world. In a sense, if you're wearing a costume, you are announcing to the world, and male or female, if you're wearing a costume, you're announcing to the world, hey world, look at me. Mm-hmm. So th- that's what the costume is. Un- unless you're absolutely camouflaging yourself into the environment to where you're really trying to hide from something, you know, the idea of putting on a costume is saying to the world, I am Hermione, I am Spider-Man, I am a ghost, I am a clown, look at me. That's what That's what you're doing. And... I think on some level for women, we equate the idea of look at me with the idea of Mm -hmm. and sexually objectify me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying we do. (laughs) That's um, it's it's sort of I don't don't think anyone on the show is advocating for the male gaze as a positive thing. <laughs> you know what? I really love walking down the street and getting catcalled. Absolutely. Let's <laughs> shout out to the male gaze. 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, okay. Well, but, but let's, yeah. let's, let's touch on that in, in some respect. You know, I mean, we weren't advocating for it, but let's, let, let's do that for a moment because there is kind of a, the Andy costumes exist for a reason. Certainly there's the question of, do I have to be sexy Hermione or can I just be Hermione? That is a fair issue. However, sexy Hermione mm. as, is sold as a costume. There are no shortage of sexy Harley Quinns walking around any comic book convention that you have, that you are likely to go to in the last five or six years. And prior to that, just because we've already mentioned it for about 20 years, slave girl Leia was a ridiculously popular costume at comic book conventions. It is a sexy costume that is obviously like all costumes inviting to be looked at this, but it's inviting to be looked at this in a way of, I would like you to look at me and find me sexy. I am aware of the connotations of this outfit. So sometimes, I mean, I guess you are inviting the male gaze in a, I want to be sexualized kind of way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, There is, despite popular belief, nobody wears a scantily clad outfit out in public and is actually shocked, surprised, or any of that when somebody points it out. 
Well, and, and yeah, I was going to say outside. Of, right, I, I right. love whenever yeah. people try to make that argument. I I'm wearing this for myself. Yeah. I mean, you are, but you're also fully mm-hmm. aware that other humans well, exist. Any, any of us out, you know, whether it's costume or Halloween, you, you go to a wedding or, or you go out for an evening, you're trying to look good, whether it's for you, for the person you're with. You're not wearing that that little black mini and fuck me heels and not expect to be looked at. I know I don't, but I mean, but 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 the point of that is there is a certain acculturated thing of you know that response of I'm wearing it for me. This makes me feel pretty or powerful or whatever. I mean, that that can be a true response in someone's brain, but it's just buried under layers of what the culture tells you pretty and powerful and all those things are. I mean, right. you, uh, are, uh, well, you know, to be right. like super academic nerd philosophy. Not on this show. I'm going to take us way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take us way back to the 18th century for a second. Uh, so Immanuel Kant, you know, is one of like the first like big romantic aesthetic theorists. And in critique of judgment, he says offensively that, you know, savages <laughs> on an island don't care about aesthetics until they're around other people because it's the social aspect of being together that produces like a shared aesthetic or common taste. So we have, so, so do like, put that in normal human terms there there is like a shared cultural aspect of like what looks good and like what we value and you know like part of fan culture in general whether you're dressing up as Hermione Granger or like discussing comic books it's about the community and sharing a common interest that we like understand the world through Harry Potter or Star Wars or whatever by the way, I think it's probably the first time we've mentioned Kant on this show, which is I, I always feel bad when I when I mention <laughs> Malvi or Bart like every episode because I'm like, uh, you know, people are here. People really are here for to see me mention, you know, Manimal and Riverdale, obviously. Right. <laughs> but, 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 I, but I, you know, I do enjoy, you know. You know, the way you become a grad student, Hannah will agree here, is you are the weird nerd who likes to read deep academic theory for fun because I really right. do. Oh, great. I'm going into grad school. <laughs> you know what? You still can. No, stay in school forever. This is... Yes. <laughs> I'm teaching. I am staying in school forever. Um, but yeah, Kant says that and I agree with him except for in that particular illusion. The question is, if you are magically abandoned on an island at birth... And grow up without – now, see, I'm going to say humans because Brooklyn's been saying it because apparently she's a robot. But you grow up without you, without human interaction, um, Tarzan style. You're raised by apes. Yeah. Then, sure, you have no – you have no concept of visual socialization. You don't know what sexy clothes are. You probably don't care. However – you're telling me he didn't wear that loincloth to he show doesn't off. Wear the, oh, see, right, I, 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 I teach Tarzan quite frequently, <laughs> and he does not wear the loincloth in the um, novel. He is naked, and he also speaks very well. It, it, the, the novel is nothing like the Disney cartoon you grew up with. It's very it, it shocks people every time I teach it. But um, but yeah, he doesn't know he doesn't know what 
well, actually, Tarzan's actually a little problematic because he actually does have a natural idea of some socialization issues that I don't buy into. It's part of Burroughs trying to make uh, his argument about the cultural superiority, the inherent cultural superiority of white men. So Tarzan actually does know certain things inexplicably, but how to dress is not one of them. He learns how to dress once he encounters other humans. And I think that there is, I think there's an aspect of that that is probably true. If you literally were raised without other human interaction, you certainly don't have that sort of expectation of doing things to be beautiful for society. However, I was not raised by wolves or apes and, and I do live in a world where even if I am without social interaction for a while, it's not like I forget. And there are times where, you know, there, there are times where I might be at home. Perhaps my wife goes somewhere. She might go to a conference. And if I'm at home for a week by myself, but for the most part, I shower every day. I put on clean clothes. Um, I try to look my best sometimes. There, I'm not going to encounter other humans that day, but there really is a I'm doing this for me aspect because I don't feel good about myself being a product of my own socialization. So even though there's no other human to interact with, you know, my cat doesn't care what I look like. I, as, I still as far as do. You know. <laughs> as far as uh, no, she Maybe barely mine. cares about me at all. Yeah. As long as I feed her. <laughs> um, um, but I, the, I, I still food, nice pants. Yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point, am I doing this for a invisible social other? So if I or some young woman says, I'm going out and I am wearing my short mini dress and my fuck me heels, but I'm doing it for me. And maybe you are, but the reason you feel empowered by wearing that hot outfit is that you know that culture has decided that that is the hot outfit. No one goes out to the club wearing 47 layers you know, and says, I'm doing this for me. Like that's not that's not the look that people use that excuse for. They use that excuse for the sexy look. So I think there is a doing it for yourself, but I don't think that you could ex escape the culturalization that you sort of inherently develop by living on the planet Earth. Yeah, the shared moment of taste. Mm. Yeah, though I will say not to take us on a digression throughout, you know, political, early political theory in general, there is like the weird, uh, you know, rando early man imaginative fiction that is it's an imaginative fiction to allow them to do these kinds of thought experiments. They aren't imagining the early period as like a literal thing, but that's, that's a footnote. We don't need to talk about that. Um, but you know, I, you know, something we haven't really like touched on that much, but I think was brought up in the blog in the comments is the, you know, let our freak flag fly. <laughs> Um, which, you know, like there's been ways of describing this as like the carnivalesque, um, you know, the subversion of the norm. Halloween is the time when, well, I mean, this is the Mean Girls thing, right? Halloween's the time when you can dress up in whatever you want and the, no one can say anything because it's the, normal. The, what, what's the, the British phrase, the Lords of Misrule, the Eve of Misrule, where... 
you know, like Carnival, the the one night a year when the normal rules do not apply. The, the to quote a uh, Disney classic, uh, it's Topsy Turvy Day. <laughs> well, that's cute. <laughs> so, if that's the case, and, and that comment was by Angelina Kendra about letting the freak flag fly, and I and I think that's a I think that's an interesting point, but. And maybe Halloween is the reason because we live in America, at least the four of us do. And there's a certain level of cultural repression around sexuality. So it's the thing that we rebel against on the night that we're allowed to absolutely rebel. Thanks, Um, Puritans. There's a reason that all of the, you know, incorrectly informed Catholics and Christians that misbelieve and have have misdiagnosed <laughs> Halloween are so terrified of Halloween is because they think it's about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and murderers. <laughs> and that's because we we kind of have turned it into that as a culture because we've 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 taken all of our repression of sex, drugs, rock. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and murderers, and shoved it into one. We day. have we have at least three of those things at the Eveline party every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope it's the murder. <laughs> um, well, apparently there's a roller coaster, so like that's Final Destination, right? Oh, I'm so ready, guys! I have a tattoo of roller coasters. Uh, I was going gonna... <laughs> to. So <laughs> now they. Hellfest yeah, is real, folks. It's the, in uh, the owner of the house and, and founder of the party, Derek, is a giant coaster enthusiast. He travels all over to, to hit specific coasters. So that, that, that was part <laughs> of the inspiration for building one in the backyard. Brooklyn, where did you work this year for the summer? Uh, Cedar Point, and I currently work at Kennedy <laughs> Park. <laughs> I legitimately do have a roller coaster That's tattoo. Great. I am a full nerd. That's it's great. fine. Don't worry about it. Now that we've gone completely off track. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this your first day on the show, Wayne? <laughs> Wait, it's mine. Um, but if we're using Halloween to escape our repressions, and one of the things that we repress most is sexuality. Is it natural that that's the thing that we want to exhibit? Because I don't think everybody does. I think that there's certainly a kind of person who says, oh my God, it's Halloween. I can't wait. I'm going to be as scary as shit today. Like this is the day that yeah, I want to terrify everybody. Yeah, and- I'm glad you said that, Mav, because I've been thinking that, that another piece of it, I have I have a couple of friends who are, they're way into just horror culture. You know, the slasher films, like we talked about last week, the last week, slasher movie. And, and one of them has said like this whole thing with Halloween, he doesn't get Halloween costumes that aren't scary. This is supposed to be about monsters and gore to him. I mean, to, to him, that's the whole idea of Halloween and the, the whole you know, funny costumes or silly costumes or sexy costumes is completely missing the point based on his definition of Halloween. So yeah. So here's a, here's a weird thing that I, that like just kind of blew into my head is, you know, saying how, we we repress, you know, our sexuality so much throughout the year and then Halloween pops up and everyone that has to repress their sexuality either, you know, pops a cork on it or they, you know, get out whatever else that if they're horror mm-hmm. buffs or whatever. If you think about it, that kind of goes back to the fact that like not to throw straight white guys under the bus, but here we hey, go. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I 
Um, I, I mean, I already pointed out that, you know, straight guys don't really have a, a legitimacy of, of being sexual on Halloween. And maybe that's because their sexuality is accepted all throughout the year. It, it, so they it's, are it's the not, joke. Yeah, it's not repressed, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're the ones that don't have to repress it. So they have nothing that they are, you know, trying to be able to mm-hmm. openly communicate. Whereas women and people in the LGBTQ community are able to go, hey, let's talk about how great I mm-hmm. think I am. Let's talk about how sexy I think I am because you get 364.15 days a year to do I think it. There could be something to that. I, I like that idea. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's something that, you know, I'm sure you don't want to go to grad school. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to grad school. I'm going for guidance counseling. There you <laughs> go. The, the, the horror stuff, the, the slasher stuff and the, the sexuality stuff, that conflation we have with you know, sex and violence in, I'm going to say this country, but it's probably more global than that. You, you know, all the slasher movies have that element of sexuality to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's that. Yeah, and and that's it. Like the horror stuff are is you know, if if the sexy costumes are because we're repressing our sexuality, are the horror costumes us repressing our need to kill some fucker from last week who cut us off in traffic? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, potentially, I, it's almost like there's a correlation between sex yeah. and violence. Matt, yeah, we should teach a yeah, class I, on maybe. that. Yep. I mean, like. <laughs> No, I was going to say, I can recommend some comics for you if you want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, to do the thing I always do, uh, which is to take it back to the 18th and 19th century. um, If you look at the Gothic novel, which, you know, was kind of a precursor of what we think of the horror genre today, even though Gothic is still alive and well um, in some ways, you know, like 18th century novels, like The Monk, are all about sex and violence and like it, you know in every every gothic novel there's a woman trapped in some sort of terrible castle who may or may not like actually be raped but there's the threat of rape uh there's you know the threat of murder lots of people die uh you know like in the monk in particular like the devil shows up there is like uh gender fluid woman who's also like a demon um what i'm saying is, is you should read 18th century gothic novels um because they're really crazy and amazing uh but <laughs> this is just um, a plug <laughs> yeah but you know like we can we can like it's not just a contemporary thing you can you know trace it all the way back to these origins yeah. that still influence us today even if we don't know them by name I think when things are repressed, they just kind of get conjoined, which Mm -hmm. is why sex and violence tend to constantly be in the same genres of media like gothic novels. And, you know, there's more to that. Another thing that is constantly repressed in media that you see in every single stinking horror movie now is... You know, someone who usually can't be emotional has an emotional, vulnerable Mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. That's something that for some reason is now in every big horror movie is, you know, the tough guy or the girl who's had to do everything now, like, has Mm -hmm. an emotional scene in horror movies, question mark? (laughs) What? (laughs) I think repression, when there's enough of it, all gets combined together because it's all under the same category of taboo. 
I mean, that's the joke that Katie is making. She's saying this is the one day where you where you get to do the things that you're not normally allowed to do. And I think that I mean, the the characters of Mean Girls are high school girls. So we certainly as we talked about on last episode on the slasher episode, the fear of adolescent sexuality particularly with uh, with girls is one of the things that american culture is just most terrified of <laughs> that you can see throughout all teen movies all, all teen movies produced by adults maybe one of my favorite moments in in mean girls is that scene where you know there where katie is explaining that the the most hardcore girls just wear lingerie and some kind of animal ears and during that scene Regina George is dressing up in um in her in her sexy bunny outfit and her mother is taking pictures of her. I think it's Regina. It might be Gretchen. And, and her, her dad, dad is, is crying, crying in the background. In the background. <laughs> it's just and it and it's just it's absolutely subtle. And he's not is it is it Regina or is it Gretchen that that happens to? I think it's no, that's that's Regina's yeah. dad that's crying in the background. That's yeah, Amy he's Kohler's just husband. Whimpering. And he doesn't I don't think he has a line in the entire movie. You know, he's essentially an extra, but the guy just makes that scene because it's literally it's just like everything that you need to know about about his character is right there. He's just a man that is terrified that his daughter has boobs. That's it. Like, like, Jesus Christ, I can't, you know, like he. He managed to play 75% of the fatherhood right. population yeah. in right. one yeah. scene. He's right there and he's just like, I I cannot handle that my daughter is going to go outside looking like one of the women that I might lust after. That's the fear. You know, yeah. he, he cannot allow someone he cares about to have sexual agency of her own. And it's just summed up just in his eyes and his, and his quivering upper lip. It's so brilliant. <laughs> so like, so I think... Yeah, yeah. And, and whoever the actor is who plays that pointless part um, but <laughs> but but i but i wonder is you know parents of 16 year old girls certainly are going to have some regulations about what their kids can wear however until that's the kid gets probably, out of the house yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And when you change, you know, i mean, yes, don't um you know, kids don't lie to your parents or at least Block them from your Instagram account. But if you're <laughs> going to, if you're going to do that, if you're going to have like regulations about what your, what your 16 year old daughter can wear, Halloween's the day they're like sort of most relaxed for, mm-hmm. for yeah. a magical reason. Even, I mean, you said when you were six, when you, when you're six, your parents aren't letting you dress womanly. 90% of the time, but on Halloween, yeah, okay, fine, wear a bodysuit. Sure. <laughs> and that's yep. it, like so, something magical allows you to be special. The year before, I was a McDonald's French fry basket. <laughs> like, come on, y'all, what happened? Well, and, <laughs> and the thing kidding. is, in America, that's probably sexier to a lot of fat middle aged men than anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there went my whole childhood. Thank you. I'm gonna retire now. I I miss the Theraflu because I'm gonna remember this. You have dreams about sexy French fries now. Oh God, I hope not. 
Did we just enter like some really weird nineties movie? What happened? Yeah, that's how, I love that I love that she thinks that nineties movies are the old movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? I was born in ninety seven. Leave me alone. Yeah. Oh my god, you were born okay, when I, Harry Potter I, was. I am published. now weeping like the man in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I've broken the internet. You're welcome. <laughs> well, when you were talking about like I was 20 at a party in 93, I was like I was yeah. two. No, yeah, no. I, I, am, I, I am the old, I'm the old man here. I just accept it. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I was not two in 1993. <laughs> I wasn't alive up, in 1993. Okay? <laughs> the roller coaster is older than you are. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It is. So, <laughs> so one of the one of the things I'm wondering is why is it acceptable? Is it acceptable? Because I think there is there is certainly a question of oh. It is inappropriate for young girls to be wandering around looking like whores. People will, that is some of the arguments that I've seen on the internet as to why the sexy Halloween costume is, uh, is a problem. Now, I agree with the argument that it is a problem that there aren't enough options for, um, for a woman over the age of 16 who doesn't want to be overtly sexy. That is a serious issue. Mm. I have a problem. There, there's not enough costumes for women over the age of six yeah. that don't want to yeah. look yeah. sexy. I, like my mother DJs um, Halloween parties and Halloween dances for a couple different schools around my area, and she'll come home sometimes and just be <laughs> flabbergasted by what like sixth graders are walking around in. And then I have to remind her, like, Mom, do you remember what girls in my grade in? Like, this isn't a new right, concept. Right. It's not new for for girls under the age of mm-hmm. 12 to be over-sexualizing themselves because either they want to or they feel socially pressured to or because their mom came home and had already bought well, the that, costume for them, which is just a whole different that conversation. That was my question. So I think there's, I mean, I think there's, there's certainly a question of not having options. That's a problem. But the other, the flip side of it is one of the complaints that I see is Oh, why are all these girls walking around dressed like whores on Halloween? You know, I don't and I don't know how old you have to be, but at some point you have, you know, we you have a certain amount of agency that for whatever reason, you know, we can we can throw Kant's argument in there or not. We can throw Mulvey's argument in there or not. But at some point you have the agency that you've decided that for Halloween, you want to be sexy Hermione Granger. So where does the problem come in with that? Where does the problem come in where we judge someone for making that decision? It, it, it's that whole, you know, like the the. I think it's about timing and there, places. There's the judgment we put on on women. There's this idea of you should have agency and, and choose to dress however you want. But if you dress a certain way, we're going to call you a whore. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that, which I mean, is that, a problem. That's we we right. shouldn't be judging women for how they for how they want to dress. But for me, whenever I say it's about timing and it's about placement, if my kids are doing trunk or treat in the parking lot of my church, I don't want to see sexy Hermione Granger pole dancing on her broomstick in the back of a mm-hmm. Chevy. And I don't want to be called a bigot for saying that. And I don't think there's a big population <laughs> right. of people that would call me that. But like we've all <laughs> met a few. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, you can dress up as most anything and go to like, as you know, a 20 something year old or older, uh, you know, sexy Hermione Granger, Kesha, like sexy T-Rex, normal (laughs) T-Rex, like whatever the party. But you, you even, even like on Halloween day, if you're, as I said, you know, going to work, going to teach, depending on your office or the environment, you either don't wear a costume at all, or you might want to think about what kind of costume you're going to wear. Yeah. Because of the context of that environment. And a lot of people will make the argument of, well, if I can walk through the mall and see a giant Victoria's Secret ad, then why can't I walk around the mall in a bra? And to my, in my opinion, I might be a jerk, but I mean, Mav, you've, you've heard me be the devil's advocate before. (laughs) I don't want to walk through the mall and see a giant Victoria's Secret model in a bra. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't want that to be something that sexualized women are consistently shoved in the face of everybody because that makes men think it's okay that hey in the mall i'm good to sexualize women and that makes women think hey if i'm in the mall i should look sexy that's my just maybe i'm (laughs) radical for thinking this but (laughs) maybe i'm radical for thinking that i don't want to have a a problem about how my body's viewed when i'm going to bath and body works for a thing of hand lotion like i'm just i'm tired of it i'm exhausted from it and you know i i think that when when things like children are are being thrown into these these combinations I think that we need to tone down sexualization of both Mm -hmm. genders. I mean, yes, it definitely happens significantly less. The probability of seeing, you know, a 12 year old boy in some weirdly creepy costume is way different than a 12 year old girl. But I want both of those to happen less. I don't want to go to a sixth grade dance as, you know, a teacher and be one of the people that are helping out and handing out snacks and be like, oh, my goodness gracious, that girl's going to go outside, catch a cold and possibly get kidnapped. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified. I want there to be less sexualization in front of and involving people under the age of 18. I think that costumes are enabling that. And that was going to be my question, though. Where is that magic age, though? So you said 18 and you said it at the very end. Is it 18? It's I, I certainly I certainly was aware of my sexuality and wanting to play it up as best as I could for, you know, like I, I didn't start wanting to get laid at 18. That's not where that starts. <laughs> no, no. I mean, one of one of my people that I don't talk to anymore, but he was a really close friend of mine for a very long time. He lost his virginity at okay. 12. And, I, and I'm okay with and saying that's too young. He was very, absolutely. I agree that that's too young, but it's not like people under the age of 18, like you turn 18 all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just learned about <laughs> sex for the first time. That's not how that works. I would hope it's not. If it is, then man, our education system is screwed. But like, that's not how that works. It's not that sexuality should be ignored until you're 18. It's that you shouldn't be expected to fit a sexual quota before you're 
well, you shouldn't be except you, you shouldn't be expected to hit a sexual quota at any age, but there needs to be less stress around it until you are a matured adult to some extent. And here in the, the great US of A, I don't think I could have said that with any more sarcasm. That age is 18. You're up at 16, depending on the country. It and actually varies here, too. I think that it actually varies here, too. It's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a lot weirder than people think. We always say 18. Yeah, it's yeah. a state thing. But it's in, a state in, thing. In general, but, yeah. but nationally, it's 18. And according to the movie American, whatever that is, with Kevin Spacey and the roses and the bathtub and oh whatever God. the crap that happened. Oh my, hold, on, I, hold on, hold that on. That age was like hold 14. On, um, Amer- American whatever it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Beauty. Beauty. American Beauty. Beauty. One of my favorite films. Right. <laughs> Oh, come on. That movie's a travesty. Oh my God. I'm releasing this started. episode. You're not on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Different issue. But still, like, yes, she's sexualized as a 14 year old character. 16. And mean girls, they're sexualized. She's okay. She's 16. She looks like she's 14. May I say? Oh, wow. <sighs> she was like 26 yeah. when she felt that. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but she looks really she young. Now. She's 40 something she's, now and she still looks She's like characterized with the personality yeah. of a very young high schooler with a I want to be sexy personality. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, it I, mean, I could make my own hour and 17 minute long rampage on that if you'd like. Another show. I mean, the, the problem with this like conversation in general is that the, there's no clear line of like age and also like i think i don't think anyone wants in some ways to police what women in particular wear i mean this is this is why None i got into a fight with a colleague some people do want to yeah, well, <laughs> yeah yes yes we have a whole board about that in politics yes we do um the reason i got into a fight with a colleague over the fact that i refused to wear my kesha costume was because my colleague believes that it, you there shouldn't be like a professional standard of dress because you know we should be free to express ourselves and yeah I mean I mean there, you know, there's something yes. to that we should be free to express ourselves and we shouldn't judge each other and you know like the hearts and I, I don't mean this mocking like the like hearts and rainbows and like mm-hmm. you know let's all get along kind of community and that is absolutely true on the planet Mars but on Earth. But, you know, like the the thing is, is like, it's it's hard to know where the lines are. And I guess I'm going to preempt Wayne said, say that, you know, we're going to resolve nothing here when we try and break it down by age. <laughs> Yay, or somebody like, else got it. <laughs> or uh, like uh, what what line is too sexy or how like what context is appropriate? Like, because, you know, it, it depends on the person. It depends on the particular situation. And I don't even I don't even want to say like we should just use common sense because apparently that doesn't despite what Kant <laughs> thinks I don't think common sense really exists as evidence. I don't think there is a common sense I think everybody's yeah. their own type of idiot <laughs> yeah but yeah but based on, based on like this like the past two years of this country alone like I just I've given up so good call good call <laughs> well I've given up expecting things from people so. <laughs> Man, I've just gone to a dark place all of a sudden. We're just having an existential crisis. It's casual. Don't worry about it. Well, that that freedom to express yourself. I mean, and you know, like I I agree with that thing, but 
you know, my freedom to express myself is very different than your freedom to express yourself. So what you're comfortable doing in that situation may be very different than mine. And that's part of the. And it's also what's comfortable with other people are receiving. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. And there is. I'm not comfortable walking in and seeing my gym teacher in a crop top. No, thank you. I don't care what gender, age, race, nationality. If I walk into an elementary school gym room and they're in a crop top, I'm U-turning and calling the police. So that's something else I have to write down not to to do. Damn it. (laughs) But, But you're right. But those are those cultural expectations and being aware of those things appropriate, you know, dress in appropriate places. What's appropriate at the Eveline party is different than that. Halloween party at the church you were talking about. Those are different contexts. You can be sexy, Hermione Granger, pole dancing on your broomstick in the back of a Chevy. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So. So. So so we've resolved nothing. We've resolved nothing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Can we just stop sexualizing 12 year olds? Can that just be what we resolve today? (laughs) Yes. Okay. I probably want to take take away. away. (laughs) Everyone. This room, virtual room, I guess we could agree with that, but yeah, good luck with doing it okay, nationally. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I think we did much like every show. We did talk about a lot of things. I don't know that we have an answer, much like I say a lot. We don't necessarily have an answer because I don't know that there is a magic age where we can just say, oh, now it's OK to choose to be sexual. And I've talked about this briefly on the show before we have, I do not think it's the case that people under a magic age of 18 or 16 or 12 or six don't have sexuality. We talked about this on the Muppets episode. There certainly is a level of sexual awareness that occurs even with a five or six year old Brooklyn. Maybe you didn't know the word sexy, but you wanted to be a pretty cat at age six. Absolutely. And It's not even necessarily a bad reason. There's certainly an inappropriateness to looking at a six-year-old as a sexual creature, but Mm -hmm. there is an amount of agency that is sort of okay for a six-year-old to say, I want to be pretty. Yeah. And whether that become, whether that's coming from a place of, I want to do this because I know other people like it, or I want to do it because my, you know, my big sister or my mom dresses like this, or I want to do it because I saw a character that I'm in love with do this. That's coming from my Mm -hmm. own standpoint, because I, I, that's what kickstarted my whole, I want to look a certain way at a young age. It's because I had a crush on every single good looking female character in cartoon history. <laughs> like I wanted to be them because I didn't understand the difference between wanting to be them and liking them. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a certain amount of agency that's okay there. And there's also a certain amount of agency as a parent to say, no, 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 uh, you're not wearing your tube top. <laughs> Don't even get me started on dance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that changes situationally. I think that certain things are appropriate for a six-year-old in a pageant that aren't necessarily appropriate for a six-year-old going to church or going to school. There's different issues like that. So I think that we're right to say that there is context that matters and there is age that matters and there is individual personalities that matter and so much that goes into this, none of which we can really say is common sense because we're all different. Yeah, sounds about right. You you know who has the answer to this? Speedy Redman. Speedy. (laughs) Speedy Red Guy. Uh, Speedy Red Guy. 
<laughs> See, now I've, I mean, I've got literally like three days before I need to like have a Halloween costume to completely revamp my concept of the speedy red guy. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying I might have to be Mrs. Speedy Red Guy because I just want a shirt that says that. I'm not even going to wear a costume. It's going to be like a badly crinkled red t-shirt with that written in Sharpie. Like that's going to be my costume. Yeah, still gonna be heat casting. I'm still gonna have glitter in my hair for the next three weeks. So that's gonna be fun. Oh boy. Do one of those glitter hawks. Those look pretty dope. <laughs> uh, so anyway. <laughs> Brooklyn, thank you for coming on the show and talking with us thanks, this week. Brooklyn. Uh, thanks for inviting me and thanks to my computer for not breaking this time. <laughs> Anything you wanna plug? Um, I do have an Instagram that has absolutely nothing to do with me as a person. What, what, so. what does it have to do with? Um, it has to do with Pittsburgh. It's called Pittsburgh shit. I post a lot of stuff about Phantom Fright Nights and about things around Pittsburgh. And it's super cute and really crappy. Love me. <laughs> <laughs> we will link to that in the show notes. Fantastic. Palindrome Hannah, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hannah Lee Rogers. And Wayne? Here, mostly. <laughs> this is him these, these days, my blog wayne-wise.com no, nothing new for a long time but there's like six years of archive so yeah. I love that you've even given up the pretense of like posting on Twitter <laughs> like on, the early, on the early shows it's like oh yeah I, you know Twitter and you know his Twitter feed is entirely just him retweeting the Vox Popcast feed which is <laughs> pretty <me>. much <laughs> so, so he's just given up entirely oh you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast. You can follow it on Facebook as well. Uh, you should subscribe to the blog, www.voxpopcast.com. If you're enjoying the show, hopefully you are subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or Android Podcast or Google Play or, you know, I don't know, wherever the hell you get podcasts from. If you're subscribed, please, please, please go in and write us a review, particularly on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. We will read it online. We will thank you profusely. We will name our firstborn children after you. That, <laughs> Yeah, because we're sad and pathetic. And I mean, you've been paying attention for the last hour. So, <laughs> Hey, I'm perfectly happy with my Kant and my Kesha. <laughs> Oh, I'm just living my best yeah, life. I'm yeah. I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> my so, cotton, my that, that needs to be an album or something. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my new class. Jo join us next week for our critique of Pure Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I would like to thank Maximilian Thought <laughs> for Music for our epic theme song that is playing us out right now. I would like to thank Brooklyn once again for being on the show with us and I'd like to thank you at home for listening and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Unfortunately, no one told me about the slut rule so I showed up like this. Halloween. <laughs>